The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, depends on what the milestone is. <laughs> Say it's a, an eight straight one thousand yard season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. See how that goes. Do, do they have? What's the conversation like when you have those? Um, probably one sided. All right, fellas, baby, one more game, one more meaningless game of which <laughs> nobody's gonna play. And thank you, I, Andy. I do. I I appreciate you, Andy. Saying, hey, she's gonna get that bye week. Damn it. They're going to get there by a week. Now, I, I am concerned that Andy is going to get Travis to 1,000 yards. I am concerned that Andy may try to get Pacheco to 1,000 yards. I'm good. They can go grab a seat as well. Uh, I hope um, uh, Mr. See. Screwed, I hope Mr. Screwed, Legereus Sneed gets benched. I hope he doesn't play. He's not um, going to play. No chance. No, I, with it, all of them. Sit them down. Bolton, get Bolton healthy. That dude is not ready. Yeah. I See, at the start of the week, I was like, they're going to put Kelsey in on the first series, have a couple design looks. But now he's been limited in practice all week. Isaiah Pacheco yeah. is limited. I don't think either one of them are Yeah, playing. to hell with that 1,000-yard streak. It's a really nice, cool streak. But let's uh, let, let, let's get rested up. The Lord knows where the ball's going with Blaine Gabbard anyway. I feel like Blaine's, Blaine needs 10 throws before he starts to feel good about himself. And then maybe it maybe it looks right. Yeah, but get Blake Bell some good work. Get MVS some good work. Yeah, let's – hell, maybe he needs to clear his damn head. Uh, but I do want to I do want to say something before we, we get started. I got I to gotta admit something. Um, I got to admit something that I had to do on Friday. And I, I mean on Sunday when we watched the game. Um, and I and I and I feel like it's something I need to take say to you all's face. And uh, I do, I love you. Um, but I had to put you guys on silent uh, <laughs> during the game. And if you saw me go dark through responses, um, uh, it, it was I was um, I was up to it um, to hear. I couldn't do it. Couldn't I don't do even think else. I was texting that much, Jerry. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say it was as much you. Um, but I mean, you had, your, <laughs> you had your time in there. Um, I just, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. Um, this was the first week I've had to. Uh, there were teetering moments. Teetering moments. I got to be honest. Like, you learn so many things once you get closer and have a closer working relationship with people. I did not know. 
the ebbs and flows that Brandon <laughs> Kylie goes through games. Now, I've I've kind of snuck and mentioned it a few times before, but I've like I have I I said I said I told Courtney I said Courtney I can't do this this is I mean, <laughs> and my and and their lawn and Brandon I mean Brandon I don't know if he was a former writer for the Star or the Times whatever because he gets these long messages out quick and it and I got them on my phone buzzing and on my and in my and on the phone my watch is buzzing I'm looking and it is it is burn it. It's over. I, I, I mean, we got to a point in the second quarter, maybe it was the first, where Brandon Kylie had them hoping they'd miss the playoffs. But I want them to miss the playoffs. Brandon Kylie. I was like, yeah, I'd be fine with it too. Yes, you did. Yeah, and that's where you just did. And, then, and, and all Ron said was, okay. That's, that was it. That was, that was when he silenced us. I know the exact moment when it happened because no, I can see it. No, it, I, can that, feel it. Was, I was teetering there. Then you, you responded with, "I, you know I'm right. And, <laughs> and I said, no, I don't. And then I said, I said, I, I can't take it. Gordon said, you, you can silence the messages. <laughs> And I said thanks. And then once the game ended, I then I then was able to receive your messages again. But I just felt like I want to tell you to your face, Brandon, man, this is rough, man. I don't <laughs> I like I'm thinking about a lot. Like I'm thinking, what was that? What was that cotton bowl like? I'm just thinking oh. the incident. Was, so he probably fired Drinkowitz <laughs> in the first half at some point. So that was a meaningless game, but man, like this team brings something out of me that I didn't know I had in me, Ron. Like this Chiefs team specifically, I I have not enjoyed this season. Your equitability is <laughs> I, it's it is a really weird thing because like my wife will tell you, I'm not particularly emotional typically watching games. Like just in general, Mizzou games, Chiefs games, Royals, whatever. Like I I don't get overly emotional during the course of most games. This year's Chiefs team, though, because of these stupid mistakes that they have repeatedly made over and over and over again, it has broken me to my core to a place where I'm watching the games just waiting for the next shoe to drop. And, dude, I I think I need to go to, like... Like I think my my personal life right now is in a pretty good place. Like I I I make okay money. I I live in a house that I'm happy with. I need to go to therapy to get like something corrected with my relationship with the 2023 Kansas City Chiefs. I, like in There's my mind, something I'm, wrong here, dude. In my mind, sort of, I'm thinking if I had a like I would like a bucket of ice cold water to just throw at his face. <laughs> Like See, when it gets into these moments, right? Like, <laughs> like, and I pick when I bring it back, when I unsilence, what I get, we're back. <laughs> and then he, and then he types in something that isn't even possible. Get the two seed. That's what I come back from. Three consecutive ten. And, I said, and Ron, we Ron's response was just, can't get can't the get two. It. Nothing more. <laughs> just very simply, can't do it. And then, and then he got himself good and pissed again because he thought about the reasons why it says effing offsides. 
They do it to me, man. This team, I'm just I, like... I, I don't think I'm alone on this. I, I know Chiefs fans that are listening to this right now, many of you have had the same experience watching this specific team as I have where they bring something out of you that is just rotten to the core, where you feel bad about the way that they are making you act. And there are specific players on this team that really bring it out from me. And most of them play the receiver position. It's uh, It's been, I don't live and die with the Chiefs wins and losses anymore. And I've been pretty honest about that. I just move on with my day. But... This has been an incredibly frustrating team to watch, like even more frustrating at times than like Alex Smith era Chiefs teams because of the turnovers and because of all the dumb things that they do on a weekly basis to hurt themselves. It's because of the expectations that you yeah, have. To it's, yes, and we have to come to terms with the fact that they're a lot closer to the pack. They're in the pack now and before they were above everyone else, and that's not the case anymore. And it just took us the entire regular season to really come to terms with that. It, it didn't. It just, and it, I'm still not yeah. sure I'm there, frankly. Like, no, you're not. I don't know no, if you're just, the game's just not happening right now. <laughs> it just, but this is getting week after week, man. It is like, he'll like, you will, you'll quit. There is one of those Raiders game, the, the, the first Raiders game, not the second one, not the debacle, the first Raiders game out of there. He's out, man. This just—they're broken. You have—they have been broken nine times with Brandon Kylie in first halves this year. Have been We're down broken. seventeen to nothing at the end of the but first I, quarter of that game. But, but it was four, But I it was fourteen. To, but I. But I. What I love is how easily he can get back on the ship. Like he—he he can get reeled back into the ship quickly. It, All right, here we go. There it is. But Ron, it's because of this nonsense that's around him. Like, if this was just a good conference, and I know people are going to bring up the Ravens, and like we'll get into that. But um, if this was a, if there was a great team that had a playoff pedigree, like if the Bengals this year had Joe Burrow and were playing well defensively, I'd be like, all right, you know what? It is what it is. They're just not going to do it this year. They're they're not going to be able to go up and beat that team. I can't point to that team. And so every time they show you glimpses like they did on Sunday where it's like, okay, like maybe they've got a bit of an identity here. Maybe they can win this way. You like convince yourself, oh, this could work because of how bad everything is around them. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's, it's this listen, terrible I'm, relationship, dude. It is incredibly toxic. I'm going to tell you right now, um, and I've, I feel that I've got more surprises here. Um and I've got a pretty good track record on this show. And I feel good about it. I'm going to go with another guarantee, folks. I don't know if you remember last year. I made a solid guarantee in which you all wanted to just stop don't do it. That. Don't do that with this team. Stop it. No. I told you and I guarantee you told me not to do it. I guarantee you this team last year was going to win the Super Bowl. And everyone talked about these mythical curses and you gave me that same gritty little look that you have right now. I am guaranteeing you that this team gets to the conference finals. Now, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what is going to happen once they get to the AFC championship game. But for the sixth straight year, the AFC championship game will include the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel really good about what I saw on Sunday. I feel a lot better about 
I'm really actually surprised how I feel about this. And if you know me, you know that I don't just have a Homer take or a Homer thing on this deal. This is just what I really believe. To go with what you've said, BK, you know, even with the Ravens, there's no there is no powerhouses. Like the the Chiefs have beaten some of these teams or lost to some of these teams. Like they have beaten Jacksonville, beaten Miami, lost to Buffalo. And in all three of those games, they have made a multitude of mistakes that that made either the games a lot closer than they should have been or caused them to lose. Right. Like they lose to Buffalo and they've made they made a good nine to 12 just ridiculous self-inflicted on their own mistakes um, throughout the team. And they did it with Jacksonville and Miami and still won those games. Now, Baltimore, like you got to get one game where you get pure greatness and that might be that game. Although I don't know at Baltimore. I've watched Baltimore play some games this year where the, the corpse of Deshaun Watson was able to beat them in the second half. The corpse of Matthew Stafford was able to keep them in a game in overtime if they didn't have some sort of punt return for a touchdown in the rain, got them a win. I'll just say, Sunday's game against the Bengals, there were some frustrating things out there. You kick six damn field goals, <laughs> it's an issue. But the formula was shown. And the most real formula, not, not the Raiders where they were down and the offense came back and had a heck of a second and third and fourth quarter, which I don't think is sustainable, but they got to 25 points. Uh, it took them to get there in a frustrating way by just being ridiculous in the red zone multiple times and a few times Patrick Mahomes annoying me by not allowing plays to develop. A few times, obviously, MVS dropping what should have been a touchdown pass. A few times, the rush getting there too quick. Right, There, there are a few things that stopped him, but I love the mindset of we're going to come away with points. We're going to come away with points. And I did see a change of thought from the play caller and the quarterback. Now, some of it was to a fault, I think, with uh, with Andy and Pat. Like The, the last drive, they scored, a, t- they scored the, a field goal on. If he just waits a tick and there was no pressure, you've got Kelsey really at the goal line for what's either a first down or a touchdown. There were plays like that where I think they'll get used to it. They make the one mistake, right? I said, I've I've got to the point where I'm not even asking you not to make mistakes. Can you just minimize them bad boys? And they minimized them in a big way where the one mistake made this game closer than it would have been, right? If you don't get the fumble, um, the, the fumble and, and set them up with a short field. This is a, you know, 25-10, 25-13 game. And that's the formula. Just get, can you get to 21? And they got to 25. And Jack, with this defense, if they get to 25 without shooting themselves in the foot, in the feet, multiple times in the game, they got a chance to beat anybody in this conference. And that was a that was to me a positive thing to see the real formula of this team and then to call and play towards it. I think so too. And I think it was complimentary football for the first time maybe all season long. Like you look at their drive chart, man, and let's just go through this real quick. Touchdown on the opening drive. Huge. You finally are playing from ahead instead of trying to come back early on. Now they eventually did have to come back, but 
at least they get out early with a lead. Then you have that terrible fumble on the sack strip, and that sets up the scoring drive for, for Cincinnati. But after that, field goal, field goal, punt, field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal, victory formation. They failed to score on two of their drives when the game was in question. That's huge. That's absolutely massive to just be able to finish drives that way. And what that allows you to do is to pin Cincinnati deep. Cincinnati started a drive beyond their own 25-yard line, Ron, once in the entire game, and it was coming off of that sack strip. Other than that, 25, 25, 25, 25, 17, 25, 25, so on and so forth. Like, they consistently had to drive 75 yards for a touchdown. Against this Chiefs defense, that is a formula for success. And far too often this season, they get stuck in their own end, go three and out, punt, the opposing team gets it at their own 40 because of a good return, and now suddenly you only got to drive 60 yards for a touchdown and like 30 yards for a field goal. That's not good enough. You're not setting yourself up for success on the defensive side of the football, and this team now has an identity. Their identity is we have a really good defense that can go up against whoever it is that you put up against us, and even if we don't shut them down completely, because I'm not sure there's any defense in the NFL that's doing that on a consistent basis anymore, we're going to make it really hard on them to be able to score. And so just lean on that. Lean on that. And I'm the most aggressive person you might meet, Ron, when it comes to going forward on fourth down. Not with this team. No, um, you this just got to take the points. You got to change your mindset. And sort of even with the points they took, it, 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 the thought is just if one of those field goals are flipped to a touchdown, you know, if just one of them, this is a completely different game, which they're capable of doing. But even with those six field goals, Serta, it still allowed them in the fourth quarter to build up enough of a lead that forced the Bengals to have to play right in their hands. And then here comes the sack barrage. And they just can't, they can't block those guys and those pressures that Spags comes up with. And even field goals allowed the Chiefs to be able to do that. And we were talking about that a little bit earlier in the game because early in the game, the Chiefs were just rushing for not really getting a lot of pressure. Browning was just cooking them with his legs and his mobility. And like you're talking about, it's like, I kind of want to buy that Spags is just saving things for like key moments and for the postseason. And that's why we're seeing a lot of these like slow starts from them recently where they're just kind of running like vanilla type stuff compared to the early season blitz packages and things that we were seeing. And then in the fourth quarter, it was like a totally different ball game. Like it was just, it was just, yeah, just go out there and, and just totally destroy the offensive line and sack him. And they, that's absolutely what they did. It was incredible to see that. And I'm always team go for it on fourth down too, especially when you're in the red zone and it's like fourth and two, fourth and three, like go for it. Especially when the chiefs offense was rolling, like when they were actually moving the football and they got stopped short of the end zone on a fourth and three and they settled for the field goal. And I was like, man, I just, I, I want them to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes hands, but I am now at the point where I agree with you, Ron, like just take the points because we've seen this team mess it up too many times this season. And I, I, I don't like being there because I still want the ball to be in Patrick Mahomes' hands and I still want them to score touchdowns, but that's who they are now. Like we, we have to accept that, and that is what they can find success with in the playoffs, so it's what they have to do moving and, forward, and I'm just going to have to sit down and shut up when it comes to going forward on fourth and short. And, and in the moment, I was frustrated but because there were like – you and you can see in that game Mahomes played to that. 
Hey, there was there were third downs when they were in field goal range. If you go look at some of those third downs that they didn't pick up, he's getting that ball out quick. And like there was some Alex Smith in to where you're like, well, like a couple of times. Well, damn man, that you didn't even throw the you didn't you didn't give a chance for anybody to get past the sticks, and you didn't even throw it anywhere. Like there was no chance for this to be a first down. And and I think they'll probably work through that some more, but. You look up, and I look up, and I'm like, and they got 25 points. And had the Bengals not had a short field, I mean, I mean, you, you, they gave up 10-ish points, right, in that. Now, I mean, they could have held them to a field goal, but they gave up 10-ish points in that. So, I listen, I'm not saying that this is a team where I'm I'm feeling 100% great about my guarantee two years in a row is right completely last year. Uh, but I did feel better about actually seeing the formula laid out in a game that they had to have. And Ron, I think a big part of that offensively was just Isaiah Pacheco was great. Like that, that dude put the team on his back and you got him the ball in as many ways as possible. And he found a way to make good on it. 18 carries for a buck 30 on the ground ended up having uh, seven receptions for 35 yards through the air. Like, get him the ball. Let's see what he can do from there. And that's got to be the formula in the playoffs as well. It's scary because you don't have Tyreek Hill and prime Travis Kelsey the way you once did. And so you're relying on a lot of unknowns and a lot of things where you're like, man, is, is this a formula that can work in the postseason? But Think back to the 2018 Patriots, Ron. I think that's basically the formula that the Chiefs are going to have to take into this postseason, where the Chiefs had that high-flying offense and everybody's counting out the Patriots, including myself, because like, yeah, are they really going to do this with solid but not spectacular defense and Sony Michelle? That's the way they're going to get to the Super Bowl and then a couple of plays here and there by the old classics with Gronk. The answer was yes. They found a way to do it. And they had Bill Belichick just coming up with these crazy game plans. And I, I think that that has to be the formula for the Chiefs is to follow what the Patriots did in 2018. And, and to go to that point is I I don't think the Chiefs can consistently put up big numbers like we're used to. But I think they can. I think they can still be capable of doing what they did to the Chargers the first game doing what they did to the to the Raiders. I think they are if you tell me like we got to get one of these games where we score 34. I, I yeah. still think they're capable of doing that. Just like the, the, the like yeah. you look at that that Patriots team you're talking about, they had to score and they did it against the Chiefs. That was the game where they had to score. Now they come back and score 13 to win the Super Bowl or whatever, but that game they had to score and Edelman, and you had to get plays from Gronk when you had to. This group, maybe not. Now, this team, but that's the thing, is they don't got to score 35 or 31 every time. Hell, 21 will win some of these. They beat the Dolphins with 17, and they only scored 10 of them. So, like, I mean, there is – or 14 – they only scored 14 of them. They got them with 21. So, it is – I still think a a one time they can, they can, can, can come back and score big if they need to. And you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco. Like, the Chiefs didn't really have a choice in this game because McKinnon was out and Clyde was out. But, like, 
I feel like this is the first time all season where they were like, okay, he's a true bell cow running back. And they deployed him that way. And you saw what he could produce. And like, he's a little bit banged up right now. I don't expect him to play this weekend. Let him get healthy for the playoffs. Like, let's see that moving forward. I don't care if Jarek McKinnon's even active activated ahead of the playoffs. I think he can be activated after the wild card round. If the chiefs are available, yeah. I, I don't have that up in front of me. I think that's right. But like, Jarek McKinnon has looked slow this season. He hasn't been great. They haven't really had a lot of success with him. Clyde's had his moments, but Isaiah Pacheco's the best running back on the team. Let's see him deployed that way. Let's see him get 20-plus touches a week because he's obviously one of the best offensive players you have. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, um, it felt like he had more than 18 carries in that game. When I saw that, it felt like, boy, it sounded like he had the ball in his hands a lot more than that. But, yeah, he's got to be the, the, big, the big focal point. Um, one person that probably – um, I, I would say, I think we all agree for whatever, for, for different reasons that should not be a focal point and, and, and should not maybe even be on the field anymore as we get to this point. And that is, um, that's MVS, the, the role for him, his snaps. Listen, I, I think a lot of reasons, I think all three of us may have different, uh, different reasons. I think Serta is, is maybe in the, in the most deepest end. I think then maybe somewhere BK is ahead of that. And then I'm just in a place right now, fellas, where like, it is like, it is clear to me, like this has become a mental thing. I, I think he is upstairs all in his head. He looks stressed. He looks like there is an anxiety. I mean, you got a whole, you got a whole stadium booing the hell out of you. Even if he'd have caught it, I think he may have gotten booed. Like, I, I just – I think right now it is clear um, for multiple reasons, reasons that I believe are to do with him, reasons that I believe are to do with others, but he is just it, – it, it is just – it is more than just his play. It is in his head. Like, it is up – it's a mental thing. He's got the Chuck Knobloch, uh, the, the yips or whatever, and – I, I just think you gotta you, you at this point you've got to to step away. It's over. It's got to be done. And I don't care if that means Justin Ross is getting his snaps. I don't care if that means Justin Watson's getting his snaps. I don't care if that means Marquez Valdez Scantling is getting his snaps. I don't care if that means Noah Gray, like he did this week, is playing sixty percent of the snaps, and then they get Richie James more involved with just 
hey, go out there and play in the slot, Richie. Let's see what you can do out there because more often than not, when we throw you the football, you're in the right place and you catch the ball. That's enough for me at this point. Marquez Valdez-Scantling in his last nine games has been targeted 25 times. He has caught 11 of those 25 passes for 115 yards. When targeted, he is averaging 4.6 yards per target. Ron, that would be an okay average on a yards per carry basis. He is doing that through the air when he's getting a lot of deep targets, which should naturally and artificially boost that up at to a higher level. This week was the last straw for me, not because of the drops, although those were obviously frustrating, but because of the way he showed up as quarterback. You don't do that, man. For you to do that when when Patrick Mahomes has gone up to the podium seemingly every week trying his best to cape for you and to cover for you and to say, hey, listen, we're working on it. We're going to get on the same page. We're going to get this thing back on track. And for MVS to like put his hands here and then put it where the ball actually was and be like, hey, that was that was too far behind me. Ooh, that was the moment where I officially snapped. I was already done. Put it out in front of me, baby. Put it out in front of me. For him to do that, that was, to me, the last straw. I hope he doesn't see the field. Like, if they cut him today, I would not have any issues with it whatsoever. He serves no purpose for this team. I think he's one of the most hated Kansas City athletes that I can remember in my lifetime. Like, he's up there with the likes of Lynn Elliott and Elvis Gerbach and Ryan Sims. He's He is that level of just an enigma and a frustration and a completely baffling player. Um, I, I don't understand any of it, but it's, it's gotta be over, man. I hope he doesn't see the field again this year. Yeah. And see, like I would sort of, I, I know how you feel about, I don't think he's this bad of a player. I he's, watched him. He's, he's like the least effective wide receiver in the you, NFL. As you'll say that he, he's not, he's, he's not, I mean, I, it, clearly to me, last it, year just, he was fine. The, that's what's so not, weird about all saying. of this. That's what that, but that's what I'm saying. Like this has become a mental thing, right? Yeah, and and right. It all and, and everything that you just said, BK, about his being his being hated. I think all of that, all of that has jumped into it. And and listen, at some point you got to make plays, right? And that's not going to be excused. I I personally do feel bad for the cat because I do think he is trying like hell. And I think it is, I think it has gone into a mental. I don't think this is a deal where he is like I think Kadarius is a space cadet at times. Like I, but I don't like I think it is it is a oh my god, oh my god, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. God, I I like I think he is so tensed. Like, I mean, he reminds me of some Kansas teams that play against eight seeds and are as tight as hell during the game, where it is just it is a mental thing. Like, I, Serta has been on the MVS thing for years. You watched him last year. Like, he's not this. We watched him in the playoffs. We watched yeah. him even but, in his role all year. Okay, but he's we've not got, this we've got a whole se- We've got a whole season uh, of work this, this year that says he is this bad, that says he's been this bad all year long. And, you know, he, he is, like, he's been around. I think this is his seventh NFL season. So, like, he's a seasoned vet. Like, he's been around for several years now. And so it, it is fair to ask whether or not maybe he has lost half a step because that was his big thing. He is a straight line, deep downfield uh, wide receiver who who wins with his speed and he's long and, and lanky. And that's how that's how he can beat corners one on one. 
but he doesn't win with his route running. He doesn't go up and get the football. He doesn't win contested catches. That has always been his thing. The problem this season is that while he can't do any of those other functional things that you need a wide receiver to do, the one thing that he was pretty good at, he has not been good at this season. And so if he can't do the one thing that he was accomplishing last season when he was actually slightly effective for the Chiefs, then he shouldn't be getting snaps because he is a negative when he is on the field. And I and listen, and I and this is just the thing I want to say. I listen, we all agree right here that he his his role should be lessened. Now, this is where I think we disagree. I think we all agree that to that. I don't think it is necessarily a great thing for the Chiefs because what you're talking about, sort of what he did last year and what he's we've seen him. He he is open. He like he is open and open down the field. Now they're not connecting and he's dropping some of them. Now he does only have three drops on the season where it feels like people will think he has 16. Go well, look at his pretty, it's a pretty critical drop against the Eagles. Uh, well, yes, go look at his go look at his numbers, BK. He's got three drops to to Kelsey seven and, and Rasheed Rice is eight. I, I, it, I, yeah, I, I'm I, calling like, a foul on that. Well, you can call a foul. But you <laughs> go look it. Go look it up. Right. I, I believe that that is how they have it charted. I do not you believe three, that that like, is how like, I would chart it. Like to me, like like the first one was flat him. All right. Yes, you would have loved it to be put out in front of you, but the hell that hit you in your your ribs. <laughs> you got to catch the ball. The second one, like people will will looked at that and boot him off the field for a drop. That like that to me is not all his fault. Like that one to me is not all his fault. As Ron, it went through his hands. That it was, was as if his hands weren't there, and they were just like he was a ghost, and the was, ball it, went through his hands. He's late. I mean, he's laid out. That's not like make a, the catch, running. man. That's it's your like, his entire purpose is to make that play. Everything. The reason why he is making whatever, whatever. Yeah, I don't even know what the money is now, but it's good money as an NFL wide receiver well, well, is for well. that play what kind of what kind of wide receiver do you think he is like i, I mean i think I, he's a even, deep threat i think that's like the only a, value that he has for you and he, he does, he's not a great receiver right no we, we i all agree that he's a average one at best but he, he's supposed he's to be average. good at that and an average like he that is that would that would have been a tough catch sure <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm saying like, I'm not, like, but if you're not going to make been... any of the stuff around the line of scrimmage, if you're not going to be a good route runner, if you're not going to be somebody that adds any value after the catch, then you have to make that catch. Sure. That's it. Sure. When you, when you say the combined, but if we're going to say an average receiver, we think he's going to make the catch where he lays out and hits his fingertips. Like uh, for me, but like what I'm I... saying is if you can't make that catch, you're no longer an average receiver. You're a bad one because the only thing that brings his value up to being average is the fact that he can make those kinds of plays. He can make the play where he is stretching the defense lengthwise because all of your other receivers are working underneath. And so that does have real value if he is capable of making that play. He has shown this season, last year he made those plays. And that's why I was like, okay, you know what? I'm skeptical of their receiver core, but I can see where some of these things kind of come together, but this year he hasn't made you, those plays. You, you would agree that like that, that one was not like the Eagles one. The Eagles sure. one is right in his hands. That, I mean, that, that one, was that egregious. One. This is one that as given what he is as a player, you need to make the, drop. this one or is make, one make because of who it is. It pisses you off even more that he couldn't come up with the, catch. that's fair. Right. Like that, that, that's what I'm saying is 
that's where I'm saying is I, I agree he needs to come off the field, sort of, in his production this year, for whatever reason, you may think he's just awful and he sucks. I think that this guy is clearly mentally has this has gotten a hold of him. I think there's something and, to that, and, but I think and, he's also and, bad. And you and you can see that. Yeah, but I whatever reason, what I am saying is I don't think it's a great thing for the Chiefs because as frustrating as it is for me, and I think for most people in the Serta and even to the point of BK camp, it is that he is not able to make plays downfield. For me, I am frustrated that for multiple occasions, they aren't able to connect together down the field. And it's frustrating because we see a lot of other guys that aren't able to get any kind of separation down the field. And he does get separation down the field, but for whatever reasons, whether it's him dropping the ball, whether it is him and Mahomes not communicating, whatever, whatever, they aren't making those plays. And you take him off the field, which I think you need to. The hope is that McCole Hardman can do the same. The hope is Richie James can do the same. The thing that would be great is if those jokers could find a way to connect like they yeah. do. Like I like I I I watch I listen to Arlowski talk about it when he was breaking down the game when he said like Mahomes has got to hit that throw. Like he he said that and 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 I was like yeah, you'd like a, a receiver to catch it. I think receiver Rice probably has a better shot of going to get his hands on that ball to catch it. But he's a, I just think it's been such a thing of they can't connect and I don't necessarily think that a guy who keeps getting down the field 15 yards down the field, finding openings. Like I could just, you can think of them. I can see multiple times in my head where that nut has been open and he's either dropped it or there is it. Like we know if he catches that ball, he's going to the house. And yeah. I don't know how many receivers they have on the team. That isn't like if he catches the ball that Rasheed Rice had caught, he's not getting caught at the 10. He's going to the house. So that I think, again, I'll say it again. I've reiterated this. He should not be playing. They've got to take him off. This is Chuck Knobloch at second base. Jose Altuve couldn't throw the ball to first base for a playoff series. Like this is this is this is the yips straight up. This and is, I think this week was the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that we saw a 20 yard or more target down the field for Rasheed Rice, where the ball traveled at least 20 yards yeah. down the field. So yeah. we we had not really seen him utilized in that, seen that route previously. Yeah. So. It's good. I think to he had. Him. I think he had a fade against the Packers um, in that game. I think on the sideline, I remember he had a couple of fades against the Packers. But really, that was that was the first time yeah. we saw that. And so it's good to see that he's finally adding that element to his game. Now, I I don't think, by the way, Ron, as frustrating as it is, certainly for Serta, myself included. I don't think they are going to take MVS off of the field. Well, I don't. Like, even... I think they're going to continue trying to make this thing work. And I think one of the main reasons why, and I this doesn't exactly reflect well on the coaching at the position or who what they've got, dude. I don't think these receivers know how to line up. Like I don't think they know where to go, what plays to run, etc. Because you can see regularly MVS is correcting them at the line of scrimmage, and part of the value somehow that MVS is bringing to the team right now is he's helping them get lined up. 
And so if you've got that guy out there, there is value in that because you need to find a way to get Rasheed Rice the football. And if he's not lining up in the right places, then you can't get him the ball. No. <laughs> so right now, right now he's excelling in stuff like that and blocking. Yeah. And that is, and that is like to me, that ain't good enough right now to be on the field because he is a, a like I don't even like I, I don't even we haven't heard from I don't even know if he was really trying to show up like show up Mahomes on that, but he certainly like he his gestures did. Like it was I just think I, I just think that cat's upstairs, man. Yeah. I will say what was most impressive about the Rasheed Rice long catch is that it was an option route where he read the coverage on the field and that dictated the the deep fade, which is awesome because they have not given him those routes all season. And if they can do that in the playoffs, that's a difference-making caliber play. All right, speaking of the playoffs, the Chiefs are not playing for nothing. Uh, many of those guys are going to sit down and nothing matters against the Chargers. But there are other games around the AFC that do matter and will uh, kind of determine who they're going to have to play. And what what's the scenario? Like, I, I know you ask the players, oh, we don't care who we get. Well, hell, I do. Uh, I, I, I have some thoughts in my mind. What's the scenario you think is the best path for the Chiefs when we understand they're playing wild card weekend, they're going to host that arrowhead. What's the best path this weekend? So, are you talking about just for wild card weekend, or are you talking about for them to get to the Super Bowl? Wherever you want to. I'm okay. not. Hey, listen, I ain't going to stop you. If you let's just get, let's let's focus on wild card weekend. If you sure. want to go, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Here. No, I'm first so, up. First up, and I'm not going to let you allow you to just force rules upon us. All right, we're all individuals. Damn it. All right, we understand the wild card. If it, if it's if it's a little bigger picture, then do it. <laughs> so here. the best path for them Stop to win it. on wild card weekend. Let me start there, sir. I'll I'll listen to your rules. Ron can take them a different direction. I mean, I want to play the Colts. I don't think the Colts are very good. I don't think they have a very good offense. I don't think their defense is as good as some of the numbers would indicate. That is the team that I would want to play because the other teams that you are likely to play in the first round, uh, for those that haven't checked the scenarios, the Bills the Dolphins, the Texans, and the Steelers. Those four teams, along with the Colts, are basically the five options for you to play on Wild Card Weekend. I think that the easiest route to the Super Bowl, which is what I care about, I don't care about anything else, is going through Indianapolis in that first round. So that would be the team that I would want, and the way that that happens is basically Colts win, Dolphins beat the Bills, and the Jaguars win this weekend. If those three things happen, you're probably going to be playing the Colts on Wild Card Weekend. There's some other weird stuff that could potentially factor in. But those three things, you're probably playing the Colts. Serta, where are you at on this? I don't disagree with the Colts. I actually think I'd rather play the Texans, uh, which is a long shot. And I know C.J. Stroud is a stud. But, like, the Texans are just banged up. And they haven't been as good. Like, their defense was really getting by early in the season. And lately their defense has really been struggling because they've got a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. So I actually think that they match up better with the Texans because I do think the Colts defense is more talented than people realize, but it's not like an upper echelon defense. And like Gardner Minshew, like I think the Chiefs can easily give Gardner Minshew a, a bunch of problems. So I think the Colts or Texans is obviously who I would want to see wildcard. Ron, as a quick follow-up on that, the reason why I would lean Indy is because I think the Chiefs defense can stop a pretty good offense or and certainly could stomp all over uh, a guy like Gardner Minshew. 
I do have a little bit of a fear of these electric offenses that have the potential to put up 30. I just don't have the same belief at this point in time that the Chiefs can get there, even going against a bad defense, because we've seen this year, it doesn't always matter who the opposing defense is. This offense can find a way to stop itself. So that would be why I would lean more to the Colts as opposed to like CJ Stroud just scares me. Honestly, I think he's really good. Um, well, I, I've seen a lot of them. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, but for me, obviously, the, we'd love to not have to run into the Bills or the Dolphins in the first game. That would be, the, I think, the hope of most, right? Those are the two opponents that make you the most nervous. Um, for me, I think my number one thought is I want Miami to get the two seed. Now, uh, whoever play, whoever the Chiefs play, they're going to play. Yes, I mean, if you could slip in the Colts or the Texans or the Steelers, yippee. For me, I just, I would like even for me in Arrowhead, I don't, I don't have as much nerves with Buffalo coming to Arrowhead, which which could be the case in the three six matchup. I don't, I don't have as much fear with that as much as I do, but I sure, I sure as hell don't want to have to go to Buffalo in the second round. In the divisional round, like, for for me, I like the Dolphins in a couple of ways. One, I'm not so certain the injured Dolphins with, you know, their defensive ends both being out for the season, their corners having some issues, Waddle is not right, their running back is not right. And somehow beat the Bills. I'm not a hundred percent certain that any of those teams that could be the seventh seed, which actually could be the Bills again, could be the seventh seed, or a team that can't beat the Dolphins. <laughs> like, like so. I think I think the Dolphins with the two seed one. That's where I'd much rather travel than Buffalo in a divisional round. And two, I could I could like more likely see the Chiefs getting a break. And being able to host a second round, a divisional round game with one of those seven seeds being able to beat the Dolphins. So, listen, I know that could mean that Buffalo drops to the six and plays the Chiefs. It is just for me, I want the Dolphins to have to the, the two seed. I feel much rather more comfortable at worst playing there in the second round. And really, those that first round in Arrowhead, I just I I believe the Chiefs will win that game. So I think the ideal scenario, Ron going into this weekend like if i'm a chiefs fan and i am the scenario that i will be rooting for is as follows i want baltimore with their backups to beat the pittsburgh steelers i want indy to win against houston i want jacksonville to win and i want to see miami to win because what that does is you will see cleveland take on jacksonville in the four five game you would see indy come here to kansas city in the three six game and you would see Miami hosting the twos as the two seed, taking on the Buffalo Bills again. So then you would that. only get one of those two teams later on in the postseason. The likelihood would be then that in the second round, Buffalo, if they win against Miami, would travel then to Baltimore. So those two teams would have to meet in the divisional round. And if Miami were to win, now you've got your scenario, Ron, where the Chiefs would then travel down to Miami, which is a more advantageous situation, and you get Indy in that first round. So that, to me, is the best-case scenario for the Chiefs, is for all of that to happen. You get Indy first round, 
And then you likely end up with either traveling to Miami or playing the winner of Cleveland versus Jacksonville. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, Boom. Yeah, we did it. We fixed the boys. Yeah, Cleveland scares Miami. the hell out of me, by I the just way. Want- yeah, they really do. Joe Flacco. And Joe I Flacco. Get off of Cleveland, I feel like man. nobody's nobody's talking about what Joe Flacco does in the playoffs, too. Does nobody remember that Joe Flacco had a couple incredible playoff runs? Like, I know the Super Bowl run, but he was always just nails in the playoffs. Yeah, dude. I just, he should, I just, he should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he the, the, the Browns don't scare me. Really? At all. No, they don't at all. Um, I just like I just think we gotta calm it down. And I've talked about this. <laughs> Before, I, I, like, can't, I can't tell if you're doing a bit. Are you serious? I'm not doing a bit. I'm dead serious. I want I you to look at who they really played. No, th- just look who they played. Just look. Miles who Garrett doing this coming off of the edge does not scare you against these. Tackles. Look, no, I mean, but but I mean, they, they the, the Chiefs have faced guys <laughs> like through the, through the league. The, the, their division, they faced they faced guys through the league with, with pass rushes. Yes, I just hmm. like I don't like I'm not a believer. Like, when I look at this, they faced a depleted Texans team. You talked about a Texans team that was hurt. This is, like, they're much they're much healthier now, but this is a Texans team that had no C.J. Stroud, no Tank Dale, no uh, Will Anderson, no Jimmy Ward. Uh, Steven Nelson left, left the game early, and, and Steven Nelson, not the Steven Nelson that played in Kansas City. This is a, a fella that's improved. Like, and they, they stomped them. Oh, and then they went out and beat, uh-oh, uh-oh, the Jets. Uh-oh, they went out there and stomped the Jets and gave up 20 against the Jets. Davis Mills came in and carved them up and made the, the they ones. They did also beat the Ravens the earlier this year. But not that crew. That crew is with Deshaun, right? Deshaun is I, I don't know if that's better or worse. I think they're better without Deshaun out there. Yeah, I'm just, I but I'm just I think Flacco's better right now. But I'm just – Joe has – but he's played better against these teams. Just look who Joe has played. Yeah. They fought, they struggled like hell against the Bears at home, right? And then they get they, the best win they have under Joe is against Jacksonville. And that was the first game back with Lawrence with the ankle. And that game was tight. So I just like, for me, I'm not saying they're not like the Super Bowl contender with the Browns thing. Let me, it's just like, hold I on, have a Joe. bet right now. I don't on think that, it, but so. I think we, I think we need to remember that Joe Flacco always turned it on in the playoffs. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I would not be surprised at all if they were first of one and done. <laughs> all right. Unless they play the Colts. All right. <laughs> You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. All right. Uh, uh, sir, to go ahead and grab my music. Uh, the uh, the segment that is sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. And here it is. You can answer yourself as you're listening to this. Has Rasheed Rice officially taken over as the Chiefs' number one passing threat? Has he officially taken over? Not wide receiver, we know that. Has he officially taken over as the top receiving target for the Kansas City Chiefs? Go ahead, sir. I let you. I let you certified or imposter? I still think it's imposter, and Rasheed Rice is incredible, and he's tremendous, and I've I've loved what he's done this season. But like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I need to see what happens when the defenses start dictating their coverage based on where he's at and not where Travis Kelsey is. And in that Bengals game, they were still, they were, uh, it was still a lot of everybody's got eyes on Kelsey. Rasheed Rice opens things up for him. And I think in the playoffs, 
we're going to see him get a lot more uh, a lot more eyeballs on him too. Maybe not like more than Kelsey gets, but I think in the playoffs when you go up against really good defenses, they're going to say, okay, Rice, Kelsey, don't worry about anybody else. Like those are the guys that we got that we got to focus on. And so once we see that, and, and I feel more confident, like okay, when when it's really tough, when he can go w- still win all these matchups like that, then maybe it'll be Rasheed Rice. But for me, it's still Travis Kelsey. Ron, you know where I'm at on this. I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I've just been waiting on you guys to come on board to what you know is the right side of history, Ron. He's done it again. (laughs) We know. I know it is really hard. I can't wait to hear these numbers he's got. To admit (laughs) the reality that is Travis Kelsey is no longer this team's number one option. And it hurts me to say it because I, Ron, six years ago, I guess it would have been five years ago, um, was in a car with my buddy. We were on the way to a Chiefs playoff game. This was against the Steelers. And we were talking. Huh? Oh, we got a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this. We were talking about the best Chiefs tight end. And I went with Travis Kelsey. I was like, I can't even believe this is a debate. It's going to be Travis Kelsey by the end of his career. There's no question about it. It'll be Kelsey over Tony Gonzalez. My buddy was like, no, it's it's very clearly Tony, and there's nothing that Kelsey can do within a realistic outcome where he would pass him. I think he has. I think Kelsey is the best tight end in the history of this organization. And right now, at this point in his career, given the way that he looks right now, he is not the number one pass catcher for the Chiefs, man. His last 100-yard game was on October 22nd. The last time he had a catch of at least 25 yards was five weeks ago. He has not gone over 90 yards through the air over the past three weeks combined. Meanwhile, Rasheed Rice is getting better and better as the season progresses. This week had one of, if not his best game of the season, finally starting to get involved in the deep passing game, finished with a buck 25. He's becoming more efficient as well. His catch percentages in the second half of the season are almost all above 80% in individual games. If you're looking at yards per target, the one game since week six when he was below eight or seven yards per target was against the Raiders. The guy has been awesome. A absolute efficiency machine for the Kansas City Chiefs. And now his snap count is consistently above 75% as well. He is an every down player almost for this team. And he is clearly, in my opinion, their number one pass catching option right now. He's the best guy out there. They're getting him the ball as often as humanly possible. And it should remain that way if they want to win in the postseason. So this is certified to me. Yeah, it's imposter. And I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Um, Listen, uh, just like I don't believe George Karloftis has become the best pass rusher on this team because he has more sacks than Chris Jones, is the same reason that I don't believe that uh, that Rasheed Rice has passed up. You see what Rasheed Rice did? He was able to make one move, one move, and there was nobody standing behind a corner playing press coverage on him. And he was able to catch the ball one move and run 60 yards. All right. That's because nobody's shading nobody because everybody is scared to death looking at 87 on the inside. And listen, he has to be more productive. He has to be more productive. And for this team to go where I've guaranteed them to do, he can't be coming up with no 16-yard games. Like, he's got to be more productive. Now, I don't think that's just on him. Now, you watch the games like I have. Travis Kelsey had opportunities in the last two games to have 
100 yard games to have 70 yard games like he had he had played opportunities near the red zone I, hell there was one time patrick mahomes unloaded a ball before he even got out of his break in the red zone before he even made a move so i don't think it's just on him i think they've got to come together now he's got to be more productive and he's got to play better as well because he's dropped some balls also but he is still the guy that they are looking at and he is he is helping allow those guys the touchdown the lone touchdown they got that man ran that route to the inside and three people took off with him it just said to hell with pacheco coming behind him and he was wide open because three people took off with 87 the play in which everyone ended their relationship with mvs is him coming across and two people go with him and left MVS running. And if you go watch the replay, Travis was smoking hot because he knew he drew everybody to him to open that whole side of the field up. Yes, he needs to be more productive. And he has had more than 16, more 20 and under games than I feel comfortable with. And I'll be honest, I saw the Pro Bowl come out, and I saw, oh, my God, how the hell did he get there? Then I went and looked at all the tight end numbers again. I thought, my God, yeah. damn, he's, he's second. There's no, he's got 95 catches. He's second in the league, and he's missed the game. Okay, let me calm down in these yards. So not, not, I still think we're, used, we're used to 1,400 yards from Travis Kelsey. Well, I mean, well, I just – I mean, I, I would have thought there was more than one person – more tight one than one tight end in the league that had more yards than what I've watched this year, but there isn't just George Kittle. I just, I still think he is the guy that they game plan for. And I don't know if they're, they're holding things back. I don't think they are because they're just not in any, any position for this offense to be holding anything back right now. But I, the part for me that I'd say the most frustrating thing for me, the last two weeks, fellas is, there have been clear spots where he has been open. Then clear spots where they've got to wait. They they could wait or they could get the ball to him for bigger plays. And I don't think that they'll continue to foul that up. So I, I can't go with that with Rasheed yet. I mean, I mean, just a number one receiver can't make one move in a route and be able to run 60 yards because nobody's shading towards him. That's just and, my thing. So. And Ron, if you want historical precedent for what you're talking about, and again, I still believe it is Rasheed Rice, but to your point, I brought up earlier the 2018 Patriots and how that has to be the formula for this team where they they win differently. They don't win the way that you saw the 07 Pats win or even the, the mid-2010s Pats win. Are you saying they, Rasheed Rice is playing Edelman? Is he he's become Edelman right now? Basically, I guess you could make that comparison. It's a little different, but yeah, sure. Like that's the that's the corollary. But the corollary for Kelsey and Hard, it's it's Rob Gronkowski. Gronk, the final six games of that year, you remember how broken down he looked, guys. We went into that game against between the Chiefs and the Patriots. We were like, just Gronk probably isn't gonna hurt you, let's be honest. Because he finished the season six games, 18 catches for 230 yards and two touchdowns. He looked broken. And then the first game of the postseason had one catch for 25 yards, and that was it. Kelsey's been better in the final six games of the season this year than Gronk was in the final six games of that year. You know what uh, Gronk did to finish out that season? Six for 79 against the Chiefs and six for 87 against the Rams, a Super Bowl victory, and he's going out on top. 
So he got a hold of he got a hold of Eric Berry. They're late it's in the still game there. And... These guys can have those moments even when they are up there in age. It's just harder to get there consistently. So I think this bye week is huge for Kelsey. He clearly needs it as much as just about anybody on the roster. I do believe the number one option for me would still be Rasheed Rice, but if Kelsey's going to have a moment, this would be a hell of a time for him to have it. Prediction time. I don't care about this in this game. game? <laughs> I don't care about this game. Prediction time. Who are the uh, Who are the Chiefs playing? Uh, wild card re- weekend in Arrowhead. I'm going to say Buffalo. I think they're playing. I think they're playing the Buffalo Bills in uh, in in the first round of the playoff on I'm Monday night football. The- I'm going to say the Dolphins. Um, I just think they're too banged up right now. I'm going to say they end up playing the Steelers. Really? I think Steelers win, Dolphins win, Titans win. I I think they end up getting the Steelers um, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. We'll see. That Titans team I watched last week. Whoo, boy. You talk about shutting it down. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but. No, man, it should be big, man. That we'll entire division, game. man, it's just a weird, weird division. It's, it's been weird all year. Uh, hopefully, they get out of get out of here with no issues. Uh, maybe get Kadarius Tony and MVS just, I mean, 90 snaps if you can. <laughs> play a little defense, too, and let's see if we can work. Just uh, just force feed them the ball to make them catch it. Repeat it. I, who, who are you most curious to see, Ron? Tony. Oh, Kadarius he- Tony. Yeah, I think he had a setback in practice. He was he, <laughs> he practiced yesterday, then did not practice today. So no, it was they made it, rest. they made it pretty clear on Wednesday that he was going to play this week, and then did not practice Thursday. So <laughs> I don't know. If maybe just play. maybe just a rest. Just, Justin just, Ross. Let's just get Justin Ross a bunch of looks. I, I'm I'm cool. I I, I want to see it, dude. I want to see. Yeah. Do, do you have it? Is it still there? Because if it's there, hey man. <laughs> I'm ready to see him just completely replace those snaps that they were previously getting out of uh, MVS. So I, I want to see McColl really badly. All right, fellas, we are out. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.